Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Okay, welcome back to another episode of Talking Buckets. Um, it's been a bit of a lighter week on news after all the craziness that went down with the uh, trade deadline. So we've only got two topics for today, but they're pretty big ones. We're just going to be looking at the East standings and the West standings and just kind of assessing the playoff picture and um, how realistic everyone's chances are of reaching the finals. Um, we'll start with the Eastern Conference just because those standings are so muddled right now. Like, there's only a seven-game gap between the one and the eight seed, and the eight seed is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so we're going to rank from the top ten teams how realistic their chances are of making the finals. Uh, so, Tiger, if you had to go with the one seed in terms of realistic chances of winning it all, who do you got right now? As I'll say, the the best the team has the highest chance of winning the Eastern Conference. Well, to me, it's undoubtedly it's gonna be the 76ers. And right behind them is gonna be the Bucks. So those two, as we talked about, are the most most likely to meet in the Eastern Conference finals and fight for the final spot. Um, well, when it comes to everyone now, I feel like the Heat, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Celtics, maybe the Nets, there are a tier below. I think at this time, at this point, is it might be a little bit too late for the Nets to figure it all out and have a healthy squad for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But end of the day, I think it's going to be between 76ers and the Bucks. I just don't see everyone else is just that one tier below all these teams. I think for me, I've got the Bucks as number one still, um, and I'll probably keep it that way unless they have a massive fall off. I just think like as long as their big three stays healthy. There's still the team to be in the Eastern Conference. Um, for number two, I would definitely put Philadelphia. So I guess I have the same top two as you, but I would swap them. Um, I guess just the main edge I would give to Milwaukee over Philadelphia is just that Philadelphia is full of people that haven't been able to necessarily uh, quell their playoff demons yet. You know, James Harden um, has had his fair share of uh, playoff failures. Joel Embiid still hasn't even been past the second round. Uh, Doc Rivers, well-documented how many leads he's coached and blown in mm-hmm. the finals and other series. Um, so Philly, I think, needs to prove to me and to everyone, really, that they can, that they're not, like, the same old team that's, you know, always choked in the past. Um, but I would put Philadelphia right behind Milwaukee, for sure. Something about Philadelphia feels different this year. I maybe it's Joel Embiid's MVP season, uh, maybe it's a James Harden trade, but something about Philadelphia, like I feel like they're more serious this year than others. Like yeah. with the Ben Simmons drama in the beginning of the season and the fact that they did so well without him, and now they got James Harden on their team. I think mentally, I know mentally for for Bucks, this is big as well. It's huge. They're the defending champion, but I feel like the 76ers mm-hmm. are really, really gonna make a push for the championship this year. I think we just gotta. I think the main thing is we just gotta see. Um... We got we got to see how Harden plays with them because Harden's not coming back till after the All Star break. 
um, and we haven't had a chance to assess them properly. Mm-hmm. And they've like they've obviously they just beat the Bucks like a day or two ago, uh, but then they lost the Celtics by like fifty points. <laughs> so I just I'm having trouble getting a read on them still, but I would think that they are like firmly like second highest for me in terms of realism realistic odds of making uh the finals i would still put milwaukee one um who would you put third out of curiosity who would i put third to make the finals see now is where all the answers are gonna be different now is where it gets really tricky yeah um i think it's gonna be too late for the nets if they could have figured out they have more time if Kyrie was vaccinated and kitty wasn't injured i think definitely the nets but um see I'll say it has to be between. I'll probably go with. It's gonna be the Celtics or the Heat, or or the Bulls. Celtics or the Bulls, not Heat. I'm sorry, I'm not high on the Heat this season, but uh, I don't think they're gonna make it that far. But the Bulls and the Celtics, those two are. I'll say they're like a tier right behind uh, the Bucks and 76ers. They're the second most likely teams. You got the Celtics at like that four spot, basically. Yeah, because Celtics look look how they're playing recently. Like, they if just they carry the on this, this form into the playoffs, come on, man. I don't know, man. Like, look, their, their defense, there's no denying their defense. It's stellar. Um, But it's just crazy, like, how they, like, stifled, like, oh, yeah. the 76ers one night, and then the next night they give uh-huh. up 110 to the Pistons and lose. But here's the thing about the Celtics, man. Like, they can beat any team in the league at any given day. At the same time, they can lose to any team at any given day. Super inconsistent. But I still believe that by the way they're playing and the way they're like figure things out, I think they could be a dark horse in the, in the playoffs. Definitely. I think, I think they could, but I think part of it too is, is like, does Jason Tatum like rise and shine in the playoffs this time around? He's obviously had some great performances in the past, but he's the clear number one scoring option on that team. So whoever they play is going to do their damnedest to make sure that they double him, like scheme around him, all of that. So if he's able to step up, then you know what? Maybe you could throw him in like that third or that fourth highest odds. Um, If he can't though, like someone else is going to have to step up and I'm not exactly sure who is capable of doing that. Yeah, Jalen Brown's a great defensive player and slasher, but like I don't think he can take that scoring load off Jason Tatum's shoulder. Mm-hmm. And especially on the Eastern Conference right now, if the playoffs start, they're probably gonna play against the 76ers, which is not good because that is very challenging. Um, yeah, I think the Celtics, honestly, the Celtics has a better chance if they drop down a few spots and match up against the Heat or Bulls. So um, I am gonna go on a limb here. I'm gonna put the Nets as their third highest. In Ooh. terms of odds for winning the Eastern Conference. Okay. I think you just can't count out Kevin Durant. He's going to be back well before um, the playoffs. He should be back sometime in March. Um, Irving, there, it's looking like New York is going to lift that vaccine mandate potentially in the next couple months. Like there seems to be growing pressure on them to do so. Um, Adam Silver and the mayor of New York have recently made comments regarding it. Um, and on top of that, like Simmons, I think will mesh well, and they have real depth now, like Seth Curry and Drummond have had pretty good starts to their nets. Very solid role players. Very solid. 
like, let's be real here. Like Embiid and Giannis are having better seasons than Durant has had. Um, but Durant's still the best player in the Eastern Conference. And when you have the best player in the conference, you're always going to have a great chance. Of- I disagree. I, I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the league. When you have a player of that caliber who can just go full takeover and has that clutch gene, like you're always going to have a chance. So I think the Nets, it's going to partially come down to seating. It's going to come down to how Simmons fits. And if Irving can play full time, that'd be a boost as well. Um, obviously it's a lot to ask, but if that goes right, like they would clearly be like with in the same tier as like the Sixers and the Bucks. Do you, do you know what's funny? Do you think like Nets are purposely in the lower half of the, the top eight, just so they actually have a away court advantage in case the vaccine doesn't get lifted. <laughs> they actually <laughs> we can play more games being away than at home. So yeah. But at the same time, like they 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 better hope. I'm assuming they will climb out of the plan. Um but could you imagine if like they get put in the plan tournament and then they have to play like the Raptors? Like he might not even get to play at all. Yeah. It's crazy. It is um, crazy. So I'm gonna continue to differentiate a little bit with you in terms of uh the Celtics chances because I'm gonna put them I'm gonna put them down at six and I'm gonna put between Miami and Chicago I'm gonna put Miami at four and Chicago at five yeah that's Um, fine when I look at Miami and Chicago they're so close like obviously they're literally tied for first in the Eastern Conference as we're recording this they have so much going for them and they've been able to succeed in spite of being injury ravaged for most of the season um, I think really the only reason why I would give the Heat the edge over the Bulls is just because the Heat have more players who have playoff experience. Butler yes. obviously had an insane finals run. Um, out of bio has some playoff experience. Lowry's a champion. Like the Heat are full of veterans who mm-hmm. know how to win. Whereas the Bulls, they have, I think, an equal level of talent. They have most of them have never been to the playoffs. Levine never has, I think. Um, Lonzo hasn't. Vucevic has never been past the first round. DeRozan has only been to the Eastern Iffy. Conference Finals once, um, and not since the 15 16 season. Um, so yeah, I think I like Caruso is like the person with the most championship experience on that <laughs> roster, which is pretty wild. Um, and Patrick Williams, when he comes back, like he's still only in his second year, has never been in the playoffs. Agreed. So, You're right. I think because of that, I have to put the Bulls at like fifth. But I think they could still surprise some people. And then I'll put the Celtics sixth just because I'm still not sold on um, the consistency of that team. Because they were playing. I, w- I want to see the stretch that they're going on like extend. Like if they're a top four seed by the time uh, the playoffs happens, then I think it's a different conversation, but I'm not sold on the consistency of the Celtics yet. So that's why I have Heat fourth, Bulls fifth, Celtics sixth. Yeah, the Heat is very well experienced in the playoffs. I think everyone has some type of playoff experience. I know just from looking it up, you know, Udonis Haslam is still on the team. That boy is 41 years old. (laughs) That's not even play. Okay, you know, I was going to say, I totally forgot about Cleveland, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, even if I were to move them up, I can't put Cleveland higher than six. I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't Cleveland, put Cleveland on top of Celtics. I think Cleveland is still on the lower tier, but you know what? They're, they're a young team. 
they got time. They're just too young. Yeah. yeah. I think in even like a year from now, they'll be talking about them more seriously. Right now, it's just a great story that they're doing this well. Um, but Cleveland, I think we've put seventh, especially because like they're not even at full strength either. Like obviously, if this team had Colin Sexton, like it would be a different conversation too, right? Such a young chorus. Well, honestly, it's such a very exciting team to watch and to watch them grow. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a fun team. I, I honestly think, like, I could even see LeBron coming back there to finish. Oh, again? Like, <laughs> third time, because you know, why not? I know when um when the Cavs got Wiggins and, and Kyrie, I, I called it right away. It's like, LeBron's coming back. I called it, and he did. So, you know what? Like, you, you, you're not wrong. If they're really comes- good, if they make it to the Eastern Conference, like, finals or not even semi semifinals like the show them they have a good core and good chance if lebron goes to Cavs, they're gonna be better than lebron the lakers right yeah. now like as far from what I, I think this is gonna be their first non-lebron playoff appearance in like 20-ish years <laughs> which is just wild but yeah i think for lebron it would just come down to like okay does he want to go because I, I don't think he's gonna stay with the lakers to finish his career um I think he'll either go to Cleveland, some other contender, or if he like really wants to play with Bronny and prioritize that, then he would go wherever Bronny lands. Um, who's in the draft for 2023, assuming he's one and done in college. Yeah, but you know what? For two Canadians, we've been leaving the Raptors off the map. They're on a they're on they have a like a record of eight wins and two losses in the past 10 games. They're doing solid. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna talk they about are. the Raptors? Yeah. Um no chance. I guess what no it chance. just comes down I guess just what it comes down to is like the Raptors, their starting lineup is good, but their bench is bad. Like Nick Nurse is gonna have to play everyone like 48 minutes a game for them to compete. Mm-hmm. Um and like obviously rotations tighten in the playoffs, right? Like you're usually playing with by at that point like an eight-man rotation max. But having like literally no depth on the bench is not good not good but you know what i think we're all surprised that they even made the playoffs this year mm. um they have no stars i'm not gonna lie everything i think everyone on the raptors is a great starter but what they're missing is that star you know what i mean the star factor like fred and Vliet is the closest one to it but he's not that franchise player so it's normally their starting five is then Vliet, trent jr Anunobi, siakam and um barnes that's a pretty good starting five it's a solid um, one. Yeah, just I just wonder like who is the piece that gets moved to like land a superstar when the time comes because I think yeah. that'll be I don't think I think it's like a two years away type of thing. I want to see the Raptors be good again. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah, no, that'd be great too. Uh, at the very least, they're definitely having a better campaign than the Tampa Bay Raptors. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. And then just looking at the last two teams, like Charlotte, Atlanta, Washington, like, can you see any of them possibly like creating a bit of a stir in the first round? I don't think they're going to even make the playoffs. I think they're going to play the play in. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Charlotte is the one that looks the best to me. Uh, I think Lamella Ball is having a fantastic season and they got a solid young core. And, but they're just not good enough to make it that far yet, you know? They're fine to watch, but so far that's about it. Yeah. And yeah. Charlotte's another team on the rise for sure. And I, I just don't see 
the the Wizards or the Hawks making any noise at all. I definitely think of the three, like Charlotte is the best team right now. Uh, with that being said, like if I had to pick one team to like create an upset, I would still pick the Hawks yeah. um, just because of that run from last year. And like you always have a chance with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to that point um, where you can say that. I think any, I honestly, I think either the Hornets or the Hawks could be like a tougher than usual first round out for whoever gets the one seed. I don't expect either of those guys to get swept. Um, Washington has kind of just proved that like that early season hot start was just early season shenanigans. <laughs> it was just like, early season hot start. Kyle Kuzma is having a great season, but he's not a number one option. So, yeah. and then the rest of the teams in the East, like they're just not worth mentioning. Like the Knicks, the Pacers, the Pistons, the Magic, like they're not, they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. The Eastern Conference is so competitive. We don't see anything super dominant. You know, we don't see a team with a, huge big three that you, you know that they're gonna like sweep through everyone so right definitely interesting to see like honestly i think i feel like the seven and eight seed have a good chance beating the first and second seed yeah like, no depending on who it is like if brooklyn ends up as like a seven seed like that's gonna be crazy for a first round matchup yeah like they can actually like a lot of the teams in the east they can beat anyone on any given day that's what i think yeah it's, it's it's gonna come down to whoever is the hottest team in the playoffs probably yeah and the healthiest mm, for sure i'm just glad that like health isn't like gonna be the only factor compared to last year where it was just like so dominant where like every team was like missing like a big player yeah. except like the two that made the finals for the most part it, i don't think it'll be like that but that's i think that's what actually makes it more fun to watch you know mm. more unexpected stars facing off and tipping off against each other no, agreed. And like, like, even like, uh, like, like teams that have been injured, like they're gonna get healthier. Like the Nets, are, they should be back at full strength. The Bulls should be back at full strength. Um, the Sixers obviously are gonna have Harden back once uh, after the All Star break. The Heat are gonna be at full strength. Like we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Mm-hmm. Everyone but, uh, looking quite good. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm very excited about the East playoffs. Uh, the West playoffs are a bit of a different story, mainly because. It's a very top-heavy conference. You've got three clear contenders here. Um, and honestly, those three, like, they have the three best records in the league right now. So the Western Conference might end up being, like, the one that produces the winner here. Um, and then you have, like, a bunch of, like, mid-tier threats that, like, could probably go on a surprise run depending on how things shake out. Um, but starting with those big three in the West, so you have Phoenix, Golden State, and uh, Memphis. Just off the top of your head, um, who do you hope comes out of that conference the most, and who? What do you think will actually happen? Uh, I think I really want to see Chris Paul win the ring, and he is old. He's been so close so many times. Uh, I want to see the Grizzlies make a deep push. Because that young core, the way they play, it is so exciting. But at the end of the day, I think it is what the Warriors that is, you know, that are gonna win it all. Uh, history has proven us just how dominant they are, and with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, if they're healthy, I just don't see that many options of people shutting them down. So I like all three of the, the, these teams, but at the end of the day, I feel like the Warriors are gonna come up, come out on top in a seven-game series. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, I would probably agree with you regarding um, 
wanting Phoenix to win the most. Um, I want to see CP3 get a ring. And honestly, I was kind of rooting for the Suns over the Bucks in last year's finals, although I was still happy that Giannis got his ring uh, last year. Um, but it's just crazy. Like, Phoenix was so good last season, and it feels like they're even better. They, they almost feel like a team of destiny to me at this point. Yeah. So I'm also going to say that I think Phoenix is the most likely to come out of the conference. They have just been playing at an insane pace. They're so balanced. Literally the only flaw to this team is their lack of guard depth. And that's going to be fixed once Cameron Payne comes back. Um, and then at that point, it'll just be like, can they perform in the playoffs? And they proved they could do it last season for the most part. And I think they can do it again. Um, between Memphis and Golden State, I think honestly, based on how the conference is, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I could see Memphis winning a series against the Golden State Warriors. I just think um, maybe it's just recency bias, but most of the matchups these two teams have played together, the Grizzlies have won, including the play-in last year. I think they just match up with the Warriors really well. Um, and maybe they could have a big run. Um, John Moran's proven he can step up in big moments, and they've got a young, deep team, like you said. Um, I think if they weren't matched up in the second round, like assuming they both get the second round, then I could see like, okay, maybe Golden State is more likely to make a run. But I just think Memphis is a bad matchup for uh, the Warriors. Memphis is everyone's nightmare, man. You don't want to play against a team like that. Memphis was always like that. Even like when they weren't the top three, when they had Mark Gasol and Zeebo, like no one wants to match up with them. I think just the culture, man, the grit and grind. And they're so young and athletic. Uh, defensively, it's going to be hard for the Warriors to stop them. But they're liking that experience a little bit. It's going to be exciting to see. Do you think uh, – I don't think – are they going to match up in the second round, though? I mean, the way yeah. the standings are shaking Possibly. out, Phoenix is probably going to get the one seed unless they have, like, a really bad post-All-Star break run. Um, so it's the question of, like, do the Warriors or the Grizzlies cough up that two or three seed? Um, and honestly – like, I can't see either of them doing it. Like, the closest team right now is the Jazz, and they're four games back of the Grizzlies. Um, yeah. And you have the Mavericks and the Nuggets. So I think the top three seeds, I can't see Phoenix losing the one, and I could see Golden State and Memphis swapping two and three maybe, but I can't see either of them falling out of that three altogether. Um, I think the bigger threat will be whoever they get in the first round uh, because we're getting to those mid-range uh we're getting to those middle-of-the-pack competitors now in the Western Conference, like Dark Horses. The next three are the Jazz, the Mavericks, and the Nuggets. And I think the Mavericks and the Nuggets could very much give the Warriors and Grizzlies some problems, depending on uh, depending on how Luka plays in the first round, depending on how, how Nug depending on how healthy the Nuggets are in the first round. Uh, that's exactly what I think, too, of the teams. The, these two teams, like Mavs and Nuggets, not including the Jazz, because Jazz, I don't feel like it's gonna be an upset. I don't. But... I, I'm ex I'm fully expecting the Jazz to get knocked out in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> I I I will guarantee that right now. I think if they're playing the Mavericks, like they're Luca's just gonna dick them around. And I think okay. if um they're playing the Nuggets, like we've already seen the Nuggets beat the Jazz in the playoffs once, they can do it again. Oh yeah, I feel like the Nuggets and Mavs, those two teams are just they got ballers and they're very energetic and. If those two ballers, if the ballers show up, then 
oh man, you're in, you're in for a treat as a fan. But if you're the opposition team, you should be scared. Luka on fire, Jokic on fire, they're different beasts. Yeah. And they'll cook anyone. Well, it's crazy. It's just like, it's obviously too small of a sample size, but it seems like Luka's like unlocked like some kind of like hidden gear since Kristaps got traded away. Um, I don't think it's going to last. Like he's not going to be putting up 45 points a game, obviously for the rest of the season. Um, but I do wonder now that if Kristaps is off the court, like that opens up some spacing, some new schemes that they can run that maybe they couldn't with Porzingis. Um, maybe the pieces they have now fit around Luca a little better now that it's fully just Luca's team again. Um, but they're going to be dangerous. And I, and like, let's be real. We know Luca's going to put up 30 to 35 a game in the playoffs, in the first round, no doubt about it. We've already seen him do it the last two playoffs. It's just a question of like, can the supporting cast step up? Um, as for the nuggets, it's just a matter of like, will the supporting cast be healthy? Cause yeah. they're missing. Michael Porter Jr., who initially was ruled out for the rest of the season, but now there's rumors that he could maybe come back in time for the playoffs. And then obviously Jamal Murray is expected back in either March or April. Um, and we've seen Murray go absolutely ballistic in the playoffs, but at the same time, how long is it going to take for him to find his groove again? I hope, hopefully soon. That's the thing I'm worried about the Nuggets as well, man. Murray hasn't been here for so long, and we got Porter Jr. gone. Is are they gonna fit in well with, with this short time period? You think? Do they have a chance? I think they have a chance, but it depends. Like they're like you. I think Jokic is still gonna have to like carry pretty hard to start out. Um, but we've also seen it comes down to play style. I think too. Like Ke- like um, Kevin Durant has come back from some bad injuries and looked perfectly fine. Right. And an ACL, like you can definitely come back from it. Like look at mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Like if you, if, if you told me Zach Levine tore his ACL at some point in his career, like it would not surprise me. The dude is still hella athletic. So oh, yeah. I think they can, it'll also depend on like who they get in the first round. Like I think it, let's say the jazz fall to the six seed or whatever. And then you have Dallas versus uh, Denver in the first round. I think they'd have a pretty hard time. Um, but if they can win, I think Denver is a team that will get more dangerous the deeper they go into the playoffs. It's kind of where I'm sitting oh, yeah. right now. Time oh, yeah. time is their best friend. Time is their best friend. Well, this is super random, but like, I would love to see Jokic play with Doncic. <laughs> that would be fucking <laughs> On great. On the same team, yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and then looking at like the last set of Western teams, like you've got the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Lakers. Um, I like the we're not really a lot. Expect- what I like the Timberwolves a lot. Oh, yeah, like they are fun to watch for the first time in a while. If you take yeah. out the one season they had with Jimmy Butler, um, and it seems like they have a clear direction for the first time in their franchise since they got Cat. Like Anthony Edwards is that guy for sure. It's just a matter of like when he takes that step to a uh, superstardom. Um, Cat, I think, works better as a second option personally. And D'Angelo Russell, he's too good of a point guard to be traded around. And I think I'm hoping that he stays around in Minnesota and like doesn't demand a trade or doesn't walk in free agency, whatever that is, you know? Yeah, I would love to see that court work out. And I can definitely see the Timberwolves winning a couple games in the first round. I can mm. see that happening. Yeah. Like, maybe not fully, but they will, you know, give the first two seasons some pressure and, you know, make them a little nervous. And yeah, I think you don't count them out yet. 
No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Um, as for the Clippers, like this season, it'll just be a success if they make the playoffs. They don't have Paul George. They don't have Kawhi. Um, but they have depth. The Clippers yeah. will be more dangerous next season for sure. And the Lakers, like, just pull, I don't know. What, 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 is, what more is there to be said? Like, Anthony Davis got hurt again. Do you think LeBron's going to leave? I, th- I, th- I think he will. I think he's going to leave. He's got, what, one more year on his contract after this year? Um, and I think that is when Bronny enters the draft. I think he's going to walk unless the Lakers pick him up or if the Lakers suddenly become, like, a contender again. Yeah, uh, I think I would love to see what you said earlier about LeBron going back to Cavaliers for the, yeah. for the second time. That would be That'd hilarious. Be that would be That'd great. Be so and funny. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? If I was LeBron, I know he likes the city of LA. That's the city of where all the stars are. But, you know, that situation is pretty ugly, man. Like, look at the Clippers. They, they, they don't have any of their superstars, and they're in the playoffs. Look at you. Yeah. You're being carried by so many all-stars. Yeah, because it's a well-built team that doesn't just, like, shell out money and throw away picks for, like, exactly. literally anything. Like, the Lakers are so obsessed with their past that they kind of lose sight of the future. Yeah, It's kind of sad. They want to attract all the superstars and, like, build a contender just like like that. But that's not how it works. You gotta, It takes mm. time to draft. Look at all the best team we have right now, all right? Suns. Warriors, Grizzlies, those are all drafting teams. No one did it. Yeah. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it again. I now that I'm seeing like sports journalists like kind of start to say this a little bit, I'm gonna say it again. I think the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis. I honestly think they should. Um and keep LeBron and keep LeBron. I think they trade I trade Davis, get a nice package for him. Because look. He has not been – he had one great season with the Lakers. Um, a portion of that was in the bubble. And then other than that, like, he is very clearly, like, not that NBA 75-type player. And realistically – like, <laughs> <laughs> But he, he – honestly, he has not been that guy during his peak at the Pelicans to me. Um, he's still only 28, and he has – a brutal injury history. Like he's, I think he's literally been listed for like six or seven different injuries over the course of the season. Um, but he's still valued like a top 10, top five player in the league in terms of what it would take to get a package back for him. So I still think I like, it might seem like you're selling low because of all his injuries, but I still think um, he has relatively high value. And I think they could get a really good package back for him. Uh, some oh, yeah. more, some better role players. Maybe mm-hmm. they could restock their uh, draft picks and trade that away for something else. Um, but I think what the Lakers can get back from Anthony Davis and then how they would be afterwards far exceeds if they tried to do the same thing with, say, Westbrook, who they looked like they were maybe going to move and could still move in the offseason. For sure. Uh and that'll be interesting to see because they can definitely get a lot, get a lot for AD. Uh, mm-hmm. Pigs, role players, just, you know, shooters, every, everything LeBron could ask for. They can probably acquire that through AD. Yeah. Uh, but and they the can have time, what? Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle, though, is LeBron would have to green light that trade since, like, those guys are really good friends. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, Lakers, they always trying to get their 
they're superstars. They're big names. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I do feel a little vindicated though, because I remember I, I mentioned this idea for trading Anthony Davis back in like, I think December only for like maybe a minute or two. And then like, now I'm seeing like Stephen A. Smith go on first take and be like, the Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis. So it's kind of funny <laughs> to see that play out. Yeah. But I just don't think all this, this all start, you know, bring all the, superstars together as a team will work man as i said before the Suns, the Warriors, the grizzlies even the jazz besides chris paul all their best players are not free agents they're actually drafted yeah which is super impressive mm-hmm. and, and like the lakers can draft well too like it's just the problem is they also don't like to develop their players yeah, that exactly much. Look how many young players have like been shipped off to another team and, and they're better. doing great. i guarantee you I guarantee you in like two to three seasons, everyone's going to be talking about like how Austin Reeves is a bum and should be traded. Like the same shit happens with every young Lakers player seemingly in the last five years. If the Lakers kept Lonzo, Ingram, Rando, like, you know, uh, that core, if the Lakers kept that core with LeBron, do you think they'll be a better team? I think so. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I think so too. Because these young cores, even though like some of our borderline uh, all-stars, but at the same time, like they're great role players. They do yeah. what they do. Also, um, I just want to say, because uh, we're talking, those are nine teams. So the race for the 10 seed at this point is like kind of sad. Um, shockingly, the trailblazers have been playing like really well since they like seemingly blew it up. Um, it's just weird. Like, I don't think like an Anthony Simons, like, and Damian Lillard backcourt is like going to be any different than like a McCollum Lillard backcourt, yeah. but maybe they hold on to a 10 seed. I don't know. I think realistically, um, the Spurs or Pelicans will probably get it. Spurs for the coaching and the Pelicans seemingly have like are starting to play like a little bit better. Um, just not the Rockets, just not the Thunder, just not the Kings. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Justice Winslow is actually, you know, doing pretty well since the trade. Yeah, yeah, it's not agree with that. It's kind of, kind of quite impressive for the Trailblazers to make like a you know late half season low key turnaround to be in that play in spot. Um, but do you expect anything more out of them? Well, I think the other thing I'm realizing too is like Lillard could come back at some point if he wants. Um, he's gone on the air saying like he can, he's willing to sit out if the Blazers want to tank for a high draft pick. But maybe if the Blazers are like, no, you know what? Let's make a push for the playoffs, get our young players some experience. Maybe Lillard hops back in, and then they're an entertaining first-round exit. I can see that happening. I can definitely see that happening. Um, you know, we, we, the playoffs is not the same with, without Damian Lillard in, in there, man. Yeah. Oh, he's had some of the most insane moments in playoff history over the last 10 years. Like, literally that Nuggets game where he was hitting, like, 360 step-back threes to, like, force double overtime. Like, that's, like, 2K shit. Yeah, wow. Just, just wow. Uh, but, yeah, that'll be it for this episode of Talking Buckets. Thank you, everyone, so much for uh, listening in. Uh, when we come back next week, we're going to be reacting to everything All-Star Weekend. So, Rising Stars, uh, Skill Competition, Three-Point Contest, Dunk Contest, the actual game itself um and plus whatever uh headlines surface uh the first two days after the all-star weekend uh but i'm elijah polson and i'm tiger ann and we'll see you next week on talking buckets stay excited <laughs>